you have to identify that group. Who are we talking to? What are our products? So you're running outbound, inbound right now, and they're just not the right motion. You know, that's a go-to-market challenge. That's not like a marketing challenge. Not everyone makes the news, but behind every growth-driving experience, product, and transformation are experts who shape the outcome. Welcome to Behind the Growth, a podcast for digital leaders and those aspiring to become one. Each episode features a candid conversation with a remarkable individual. Join us as we focus on their struggles, wins, and lessons learned you won't find anywhere else. Let's get started. Welcome to Behind the Growth. I'm your host, Mudassar Malik, and today we're celebrating Judd Borakov, Chief Growth and Community Officer at GTM Partners. Judd, great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Ben. I've been looking forward to it. Excellent, man. First and foremost, congratulations to you and your team for building a great momentum behind GTM. I think LinkedIn, websites, events are literally buzzing with it. But before we dive into GTM, we want to hear your story. And so tell us about your career journey and your new analyst firm. Uh, sure. I guess everything kind of led to go to market. And so when we say GTM, some people are like, what is that? You know, go to market. And there's a new definition for that, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But kind of started my career primarily in sales, learned all the tricks of the trade, but realized that I really like telling the story and moved from sales to marketing, basically ran marketing for a couple different companies. Over the years, saw lots of challenges between sales and marketing as, you know, we, we all say it these days, you know, oh, sales and marketing aren't collaborating. That's an issue. And it was and still is. But I think that that has started to be a big topic. So people are changing that. And then with the big movement, especially as of late to efficient growth over growth at all costs, everybody moved to this. Hey, what about CS? What about ways to get people to value faster and retain and expand with them? You know, cool stat, and I'll get back to me, but cool stat is that if you have 120% NRR, net revenue retention, if you add a single customer within five years, you'll double, double your revenue. And most people don't think about those things. So I started seeing that a little bit early in my career and started focusing a little bit more on the customer side of things. Now, at the time, it was more customer marketing. CS wasn't really a thing. We had account management and really never got to do much with it as most companies were very focused and still are on AR growth. But what really kind of piqued my curiosity and got me moving in this direction was watching companies who were selling at a rapid pace not grow. And I at a company like that, they literally, I was there for about a year and they literally had to close their doors and lay everybody off because they were losing so much business on the back end. They couldn't deliver the value that was expected. And uh, that kind of took me to this place where I was like, maybe it's the people. Did HR transformation for a bunch of years, trying to help make sure that the cultural components were correct, that people were giving the same messages and had a really strong feeling about the company they were working for. We thought maybe that was the challenge. And while culture is huge, there's definitely more that goes into it. And so I, th this kind of led to this new, we'll say, movement around go-to-market. And we like to say that, you know, in go-to-market, people most often feel that if, let's say, sales is not converting at the rate they expect, we have a sales problem. Or marketing MQLs or accounts aren't converting at the rate we expect, we have a marketing problem. 
or we have massive churn, we have a CS problem. But what we've come to realize through a lot of research and analysis is all of these things occur. We have a go-to market problem. You just don't know what the real challenge is. In marketing, if you're not converting, maybe you have the wrong ICP. Maybe something else is broken. Maybe you're not putting the right messaging in front of the right people. Maybe your product set is accurately capturing what's needed. Maybe you're off on pricing and packaging. So there's so many components that can move the challenge. And we're just big believers in this is a go-to-market motion. And all these different pieces play to go-to-market. If we operate together, we have a better likelihood of creating great, efficient companies. Love that, man. I think you touched on so many great stuff out there. I'm going to definitely poke you in some of them. We're going to expand a little more. But I hear you. And I think you're very well positioned to really have that cross-functional view and bring in because I think it's just not one department. It's the whole organization. So I guess probably it's also a good segue for us to do some level setting here. And I'm thinking, let's, I want to hear what is GTM from you guys? Because there, there seems to be too many different definitions. Everyone has a different one out there. But how does GTM partners define it? I would say the easiest way, there's, there's a lot of things we can talk through from a definition mm-hmm. perspective. I think the easiest way to understand it is everything that touches the customer and revenue at any point in the life cycle of your future customers or existing customers is go to market. That could be ICP definitions. That could be pricing and packaging or product sets. That could be your POV or messaging, that could be your sales enablement, things along those lines. That could be your time to value how quickly you actually implement and get them to see the value that they're expecting. That could be your expansion motions. Definitely, we say RevOps is huge. Fastest growing job this past year was RevOps. And we know it's very important to tell the right tale. And then your leadership and management, the thing that glues everything together. Those components all make up your go-to-market. And product is a big piece of that too, which I think gets missed a lot of times. If you've got a product problem, it doesn't matter how good your sales marketing and CS is, you're going to struggle. So all of these pieces play together to create the right motions and right movements and uh, companies. Got it, got it. And then who do you think is best positioned in an organization to own it? Well, we have some opinions, of course, although it becomes quite Mm -hmm. obvious. So I would say not ownership, but probably implementation tends to fall on the CMO these days just because of all the things they talk about. If you think about it, any functional lead cannot affect another function. So for example, a CMO can't change the comm structure of a salesperson, right? Sales can't change the comm structure of marketing. Neither can determine which geo we should focus on, right? So this all really leads to the CEO has to own, not implement, but own go-to-market. So we just say the CEO, the executive who has those abilities really owns it and everybody else is a function. Mm-hmm that helps to drive it forward. So two questions follow up on this. Are you seeing any resistance in this opinion? And the other part would be that who are you seeing is more actively engaging you guys or as analyst firms or taking lead in GTM motions or anything as GTM strategy? Well, I guess the first part is, you know, is there pushback? I think most yeah. people realize because they can only affect what's in front of them that it's kind of an obvious CEO has to own it. But yeah. I think there's confusion on what that means. A lot of people will say CRO owns it or CMO owns it because the day-to-day operationalization of your go-to-market falls on these people. 
But ownership does not mean activity, right? Like if we say you own something, it just means you have the responsibility to make sure it occurs. It doesn't mean you have to do it. So from a leadership perspective, the CEO does, isn't out there implementing things and doing it. They're making sure that the vision is correct and that the motions are occurring and that the right things are happening. And then who's leaning in? I would definitely say at this point, the companies that realize what did work before will not work moving forward are the ones that are leaning in. Some of them are the leaders out there, as you would know really well that we work with, to some of the smaller players who have been trying to do things like category creation, which works fine, but it's a long tail game. And anything else that is kind of, oh, let's try this, let's try this. They're moving a lot and not thinking about just the oper operationalization of their go-to-market first. What motion you run, makes, you know, you, you have to identify that group. Who are we talking to? and What are our products? So you're running outbound, inbound right now, and they're just not the right motion. You know, that's a go-to-market challenge. That's not like a marketing challenge. I think that's tremendous credit to you guys for really evangelizing and making everyone recognize that it's a GTM where you need to focus. And I think that's really the beauty of it. And I like it the way you said, it's the CEO because end of the day, there's somebody's got to take those tough decisions and he or he or she needs to be in a neutral position so that you can take the right balance. So I think that's great. Now, you did say earlier, and now, you know, where, where you said it's just not the product, it's not the sales, marketing or success problem. It's uh, it, your GTM is broken. So how did you guys come up with that point of view? Talk to me a little more about it. I've, I've seen a couple of times, you know, you guys have published a fantastic 15, you know, challenges that you commonly see as reasons why your GTM is broken. So how'd you guys come up with it? How you guys, what are you hearing back when you present this in audiences? Well, there's a lot of research into these things. So first, my partner, Sangram Badra and Brian Brown wrote a book, bestseller, Move. it was a four question, go to market framework, where we interviewed a ton of people, lots of executives that you would know at companies, big brands, HubSpot and, and the likes. And realized that we were hearing the same things over and over. And it came down to these very specific things that really helped to identify that something was broken. And then the ones that we're seeing right now, you know, th these will shift over time, but everybody has these challenges. So we do these roadshows come out very educational. We sit down and one of the activities within it is like, here's our 15 challenges. Which ones are you experiencing? And it's always the, can I circle all, you know, cause everybody's got them. I mean, everybody has this thing that when you look at <laughs> where you are to everybody else, oh, they've got it locked down. I'm going to tell you, I have not to this day run into a company that has all of go to market on lock. There's always challenges and problems. I think that's what makes business fun, but there's definitely yeah. one we're seeing a lot more than others right now. And that just, you know, more research we do, the more people we spend time with and the more work that we're doing with the, with our, our companies the more we just come to realize that go to market is hard. <laughs> you know, it is, it is a challenge, but uh, it's a great unifier as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. that. That's such a, that's such a powerful statement. I love that. But what, what are you guys seeing as top GTM challenges right now? Or like, do you see a pattern or is it a familiar pattern across? Yeah, there's a top, I would say top five. One is you can't predict or forecast revenue for the next two, two quarters. No. Businesses are relying on heroic sales players and not plays. So think your greatest salespeople are really close deals to keep things rolling. Sales, marketing, customer success are out of sync. Kind of a standard one you'd expect. That's exactly, exactly. Your team is being reactive, not proactive. So not getting ahead oh. of things, 
and, and painting the picture and, and guiding. And then the one that I think is, is the biggest right now, and we've seen it jump significantly as of probably the last three to six months, your customers love you, but they can't quantify their ROI at renewal time. And this is wow. really interesting at this point because everybody is very focused on efficient growth, NRR, right? Retention growth within existing customers. And you know, if you, if, if your customers cannot literally create our, like identify the ROI that you're providing, they're churning. And this is a struggle for all companies right now. This is why, you know, like we, we do ROI studies for our customers and things along those lines to help people really articulate the value. And what I think a lot of people struggle with is when we say ROI, they think it all comes down to pipeline and dollars, but ROI eventually leads there. But for maybe a video company, it could be, you know, so, for example, Vidyard is a customer of ours. For them, it's pipeline velocity, how much faster, how much more engaged people are because the video engagement. So that's not a direct correlation to a dollar, but it is very important because the use case for that product, that is the outcome they're trying to provide. So ROI is different. And I think if once people start thinking about it from the, what is my product? provide and every company we have companies that literally are direct competitors with each other and yet their their value their roi is different so that is something that i think everybody needs to start getting focused on and putting the time into looking one get your customers to let you know look for ways to drive them to think about roi from day one of engagement and make sure that you're finding the ROI and consistently putting it back in their place that they go, yeah, we are getting that. And that, I think we'll start seeing a lot more, a lot less churn, a lot more companies kind of leaning into the, there is value. We understand our value. We're going to promote our value. I think it's going to create some differentiation there too. Love it. Love it. Judge, you, you mentioned, and I want to, I want to pick on each one of them a bit. And if you could help expand and help the listeners just understand at a very high level that what would be their next best steps. So if you just pick them up one by one, the first one you said was the couldn't forecast. And, you know, it's again, I think something that's been always been a challenge for a lot of organizations. And I think more, more so now with that unpredictability and, you know, the market dynamics being a little different. Are those the causes or is it that you're seeing that the organization are evolving enough or they're struggling to kind of work with it? Like, what are you seeing is the, the cause of this forecast issue? So for every company, it's a little bit different. So we, we've created what we call our market operating system. And it's kind of a thing that helps you diagnose and work through these challenges. So generally, you would come with an issue and start from a like, hey, you know, this is the problem. You can't predict or forecast. Now, that could be a pipeline velocity issue. but Really, is it the problem? A lot of times, no. Maybe we have bad data. Maybe this is a RevOps issue and we have to get our data to line, or get our, all of our different technology speaking to each other. And, you know, you get to a meeting with an executive and you've got data sets, right? Because you're getting data from different systems. You've got sales enablement or sales ops and RevOps and MarkOps, and they're all bringing different data from different places that aren't speaking to each other. And you've got an executive team that not only has to figure out how to fix problems. But their first problem is figuring out what data to believe and then understand what it tells them. So that could be one of the biggest issues you're, you're facing. Not saying it always is, but that is definitely something you would want to check 
and validate before you moved on. You know, some of this could be literally the sales team itself doesn't have the right processes in place. Maybe they're not capturing in a way that makes sense. Maybe the definitions of your stages aren't really defined well. So you have different people putting things in different stages. So there's a lot of different things here. Like for me to point to one and say, this is where you should look would be a challenge because every company would be different. Yeah, I think and that's where you guys really bring in the value because you really do custom research and custom solution to it that what would be the right way to go. And you mentioned the all-time sales and marketing misalignment. So what's going on on that side? <laughs> what's not going on on that side, right? One of the easiest ways to look at this is, is if we have the same API, then we're going to align. But most organizations don't have a unified KPI across their go-to-market, right? Everybody has a different specific area of focus. Sales could be revenue. Marketing could be pipeline, CS could be retention or expansion dollars. Well, those are all great and they're necessary, but what is our ultimate that ties them all together that makes them say, we need to get together on a consistent basis and work through these challenges together? When, you know, it could be a handoff that's a problem and maybe they're not organized to hand off properly. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever bought something and sales was great and you them and you suddenly wound up with a CS person or an account manager and you really didn't get along with them or you didn't know them and you felt like you were telling the story all over again or they were reselling you, that's a problem. So it's like, hey, when should CS come into play? When should a, How should a handoff occur? And these things are things that we've got to be thinking about. We've got to stop thinking of everything in a silo that sales did their job. They got them sold. Great. Yeah. I mean, the sales motion itself could change. Are the salespeople tasked with retention and expansion? That changes the entire motion. So there's just this alignment that needs to happen. And unfortunately, I think the only way to do it is to create the right KPIs that force everybody to work together to get an ultimate outcome. Fantastic. I think that makes so much more sense because I think if you look at it at the GTM level and not just at a functional level, so you're looking at a business and at, at business level, if you were, if kind of working together, that makes a huge difference. How did your framework play in? Like, I, I'm a huge fan of your framework, the, the CAT framework, clarity, alignment, teamwork. Are yeah. you guys, are you guys seeing there's a lot of people buying into that? And I think because it really sets you up so well. So what are you hearing when you kind of present or talk through with that framework? So the CAT framework is probably one of the most important alignment components. So it's basically, Clarity, alignment, and team. Yeah. And clarity on what is the problem, that everybody is in agreement of what the problem is. Alignment on how we're going to solve for this challenge. Yeah. And the dissemination of information to everybody so they understand how their part plays into the bigger business objective and unifies the organization. And so that really comes down to, we call them cat meetings. And so there's consistent meetings where we get together and we work through those areas, making sure we understand what your cha our challenges are. How are the solutions that we've implemented working? Do we need to adjust and making sure that we're consistently speaking to and helping everybody to understand their part in the solution? And we just find funny, it is hard. There's no question if this was easy, everybody would be a unicorn, right? Everybody yeah, we wouldn't need all of this. <laughs> so no, I agree. But, but we always say change management is one of the toughest, things, probably one of the most overlooked things too. And that comes down yeah. to communication. So the framework is really to help create a communication pattern and alignment around 
the problems and, and, and objectives that we're trying to move things forward on. And yeah, and it's not once done and you're you know you're, it's over. It's it's an ongoing thing, right? Like it's something that you need to revisit and be on top of it. So that's also very important. A lot of people I think mistake it. They've done it. They've done it one time and they feel like that's it. We don't need to touch it again for a long, long time. But I think this there's so much changing. There's so much dynamics in there. I think it's very important. Yeah, well, I would even say so. We drink our own. We run our own cat meetings, and you know if we're all traveling and we miss a week, you come back and you can feel the disorganization already starting to creep in. So this is something that we run weekly. Highly recommend that your, your go-to-market wow, team. Wow, weekly. That, that is amazing. Yeah. And, and look, we all have a lot of meetings, but I think this is one of those that really help to keep everybody marching together. I'm sure everybody has had it happen where you go to a meeting, everybody aligns on something, you come back a quarter later and everybody is in 33 directions. And we can't afford that because the pace of business has increased so dramatically that within a week, everybody's running anywhere they can. When, when, when do we see a new mascot, the cat? <laughs> well, we literally, the funny part, because everybody says Milo, my, my pup is our mascot, but we, we kind of say nowadays before our meeting, hey, we got to go let the cat out of the bag, meaning we need <laughs> uh, So, so <laughs> we see coming. we'll see. Yeah, very cool. So the, are there any new GT emotions that you guys are seeing which are getting picked up more than the usual ones? The one that we're, we've done a bunch of research on, I think we have some research coming out very soon, is around what we call event-led. So mm. for long periods of time has been a component of inbound or outbound or however you want to utilize it. And events have been longstanding, something that, that marketing or sales would use to drive pipe. But the reason we're starting to see this turn is it's not just a top of funnel thing anymore, right? This is across your entire go-to-market stack. This is something that can be used for time to value. This is something that can be used for expansion opportunities. This could be something, you know, mid-funnel. This could be so, and people are starting to virtual and live and thinking of them different and from a very different perspective where it's not just about driving existing demand. Sometimes it's about pipeline acceleration. So this is one that is that is coming up very quickly. I think the first time I mentioned it, people were like, oh, what are we going to see? Email led next? And, you know, it's a little bit different. Because <laughs> oh, well, that's always a cycle, right? There's resistance and shock and then it's adoption, right? Exactly. So we think that but that- But you guys are really, that's I think what you guys are practicing and you guys, your, your roadshows that you guys are doing phenomenal across, you know, countrywide and everything. I think you guys have really led it. And I think you can prove- the point behind it as well. We're, we're, we're what we say a data driven analyst firm. And first off, I, I, if you give me the, the leeway, analyst firms are not consultancies. Like we don't come in and build things out for you. We'll work with you to help you better understand it and know what to do. But we're also trying to change what people think an analyst firm is. So if you think of your standard, let's say a gardener or forester, it's, hey, we're going to help people understand what you should buy through this stack ranking order. And we're going to do research and that, you know, they do some other things as well. We believe it should be a hybridization of what analyst firms were, what consultancies are, and have this way of helping you to better understand and move these programs, projects, and your go-to-market on a whole forward. And so there's just a big shift and change that is starting to occur right now around how things should work and how you should engage and what you should expect when you work with a firm like ours. Got it. 
Any other GTM significant motion that you would want to mention or you think that event is probably the one who's really taking the light here? I mean, that's probably the newest one. You know, the other one that is has grown, especially through the pandemic, was community-led. I'm sure you better than most, you know, we run a community, yeah. a lot out there, and there's a way to think about it. Everybody's trying community, and, and it is a challenge. When you think of community as a go-to-market motion, you have to be thoughtful that it's not a sales motion, right? A lot of people take that and say, oh, it's community. We get our salespeople in there. They'll talk to them, and they'll close deals. It doesn't work that way, right? Disaster. So that is also one of the big movements that we're, we're seeing. But I mean, look, ecosystem, partner-led, channel, bent, product-led is a huge one, right? And anyone who's listening, if you ever had, or if you've recently had someone say, go figure out PLG, product-led growth for our product, you probably feel that pain where you go, huh? Like these motions are not built for every type of product. And I, I think that's one of the big things is people get excited when they hear something new is out there and they immediately just think, let's go do it without putting in the proper thoughts and time to assess if your product is ready, if it makes sense based on the motion itself, if your team can support, you know, they say that the best companies run multiple, multiple motions. So it's not a, you only do maybe early because we just don't have the bandwidth, but over time you're running multiple motions, you know, top down, bottom up everything in between, trying to make sure that you're touching as many people as possible. So all of these motions are great, but really spending the time to assess if they're right for you is imperative. Got it. I think that's a nice way to sum it up. Judd, we're coming up on our time. I, what would be your GTM advice for our listeners if there is one thing that you would want to point out to them? Wow, so many things. I would say the biggest thing is align. Whatever your role is, wherever you sit, Seek to connect with the rest of your go-to-market team. Try to solve together. You're not adversaries. You are in this to create an amazing experience for everybody who touches your company. We cannot do that alone. So the only thing I would say is if you are part of a go-to-market team at any part, CS, you know, sales, marketing, product, or executive leadership, unite your teams around go-to-market. Use it as the catalyst. Celebrate it together and your company will flourish for sure. Wow. I love it how you said it, man. That was really beautiful. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people already know you, but there might be a few who still want to connect with you. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Find me on LinkedIn, Judd Borakov. Judd, always a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for spending some time with us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Behind the Growth. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow along on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This podcast is brought to you by Mobile Live, a team of digital experts specializing in designing experiences, building products, and scaling technology. For more episodes of Behind the Growth, please visit mobilelive.ca slash podcast.